VH1's hit reality show Mob Wives is the brainchild of Jennifer Graziano. This week, Mob Wives begins its fourth season with two new cast members and even more drama. We had a chance to sit down with Jen to talk to her about her years at NYU and her journey into the reality show business. I guess if you could just start talking about your NYU experience. Okay. Do you have any specific memories or professors? Um, definitely. The entire process of NYU is, is a really great time in my life. It holds a lot of memories, both socially and academically. Um, I was, uh, my first year there, I was at Weinstein Hall in the dorms and then Brittany. That was a lot of fun. My favorite class had to probably be, I was pre-med when I first started um, there and the College of Arts and Sciences, and my favorite class was hands down biology lab. Um, and one of my initial memories was the biology class, which was held in the auditorium, I think at Tisch, or not Tisch, at um, Stern, the big auditorium there, and there was hundreds of kids, and I was looking around, and the professor had a microphone from the stage, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be totally different from regular school experiences, and I remember that, and. I used to love being able to go to school in my pajamas, just rolling out of bed, and it was normal, and everybody was doing it. It was like, this is excellent. Um, the library, I remember it being very vast and feeling so small in it, um, with that kind of cubert floor and <laughs> all those, you look up and it's just so much. Professor-wise, I honestly, I think my forensic psychology, professor was probably one of my favorites and I'm his name is escaping me but I love that class it was really fun and um, apropos I did my thesis on the reliability of witness testimony <coughs> go figure <laughs> and can you talk a little bit about your career path after NYU um, yes I actually like I said I started pre-med but then I transitioned uh, when I realized that there was no way that I would be able to cut anybody open with a scalpel and the blood. You know, I, I always thought I had the stomach for it, seriously, and that was my goal since probably two years old. I wanted to be a doctor, but I guess I was a little squeamish, and then I, I went into psychology. And I did focus on child psychology and, and some business psychology classes. And from there, a normal transition for a lot of uh, psychology students is to go into human resources. So I went into Sony Music and the Human Resource Department. While I was there, my creative bones were kicking in. Um, I always wrote stories and poems and scripts from from grammar school, um, and I have I guess I have a knack for creativity. So I met a friend of mine, um, still a friend of mine actually, a business partner now, um, at Sony Music. He was head of A and R, and I would bring him music. And he was like, you're working in the wrong department. You need to be up here with us. And then I transferred into the A&R department. Um, and I worked on albums for everyone from Nas and Destiny's Child we worked on, Lauren Hill we worked on, um, Life Jennings, and a bunch of really big artists. Um, from there, I brought an artist in to be signed and it ended up falling through. So what I did was I signed her to myself as, uh, as a manager. I wrote a song which became a number one international hit and uh, started touring the world with her. Uh, took a leave of absence from Sony, started touring the world, and then came back to Sony for a little while. 
And then I just went into um, entertainment marketing, which has nothing to do with my NYU degree whatsoever. Um, but it has that creative aspect to it. And I was doing consumer marketing um, and tying consumer products to entertainment entities. I started my own company doing that as well on the side. And then I was uh, writing scripts still. That was throughout my entire career, scripts. and. Um, Mostly, mostly uh, TV series and film. I was writing a story about myself growing up and this wonderful lifestyle that I hid from the entire world, including NYU. <laughs> and uh, you know, I saw the um, the explosion of reality TV, and in particular, the Housewives uh, franchise, and decided that I could do that too. And it's a faster, easier way into television and. You know, let me table this scripted project about myself and myself growing up, and let me make it about what I've seen growing up. And I can do the Housewives too, just to spin. You know, let's spin it on its head and make it Mob Wives. And I say, I always had the cast right under my nose the entire my entire life, and I created a sizzle reel. I got them together. I got a team uh, together, you know, to do the production, and uh, I made a sizzle reel. From there, I got an offer at A&E, um, and A&E was, you know, told me you have to partner with a production services company, and I was appalled. I was like, why? I can do this myself. <laughs> and they were like, no, you, you know, we believe you can, but, you know, this is the process, and you need a team, and so I started to look for different companies, and I interviewed the company that did Housewives of Jersey, and uh, growing, uh, growing Up Gotti, and a couple of other different shows, and while I was doing that, turns out, my boss from Sony was here at the Weinstein Company with a film deal. And he was like, before you do anything, come here, let me show it to them. And let me see, you know, show them what, what other projects you have. So I met with him, he brought me in here, um, and I, show, I, I showed the Weinsteins and Harvey Mob Wives, as well as two or three other projects in reality and scripted. And, they offered me a, a, de a deal. And my old boss is now my partner. He sits right next door, and we do film and television together. <laughs> huh. Wow. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the importance of having reality show stars who have a long-standing relationship with each other? Because most of these women do have some sort of relationship. They're not just meeting each other for the first time. I believe that that is one of the reasons our show is set apart from others. Um, it lends itself to natural drama. They know each other so deeply. They know that, and not, not that I, I'm a proponent of this, and we don't do this on the show very often. We, but they know each other's deep dark secrets. So they don't. Not that we're going to let them reveal them, but they know how to push buttons. Mm -hmm. So it gives that extra kind of spark between the group dynamic. And I think the history, and specifically with Mob Wives, is what makes them also able to make up after they've pushed those buttons. Because some of them do go pretty deep and they have had some pretty rough fights. Um, but they're kind of joined together by this common denominator of the mob. I know this sounds crazy. I can't even believe I'm talking about it. Um, and I think it's important. I think it's important for the, the, the realness of the show. I mean, if you have people, if you're casting and you're putting a bunch of people that don't know each other, yes, you'll see the dynamic of them getting to know each other over time, but it's never going to be the same. It's never going to lend to the realness of how these girls really feel about each other, whether it's real love or real hate or, or the thin line. Mm -hmm. 
can you tell us about the new season, about the new blood in the show? Um, yes, we have two new women. Um, they are uh, very, 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 very pretty and hot and sexy. Alicia Garofolo is actually married to Edward Garofolo, who's Renee's friend for over 30 years. Um, we know Edward and his family for a long time. We just got kind of acquainted with Alicia more recently. Um, she's got a really interesting story because she was involved in a business with her husband and because the business was involved in illegal activity, she was brought down with it and she had to plead guilty to embezzlement um, and she's awaiting sentencing. For that, uh, Natalie is a spitfire from Philly and she's very, she's a little younger than, than the girls but she's kind of old and, and wise in age in that respect and she is cousins to some very high-ranking uh, people that we're not even talking about in the show. Um, but she also runs the Cardo Funeral Home, which is the kind of the go-to place for the mob in um, Philly. And I bet you didn't know that the mob has a go-to funeral home, but they do. <laughs> it's that one in Philly. Um, they're great. It's going to be a lot of fun. There is a lot of drama with any group of girls, especially when Renee's around. There is uh, drama, and it didn't change this season. If you could talk about the ethics of being in charge of a show like this, is there, do you, at times, did you struggle um, with turning off the camera or what to include, what not to include? How, how do you handle that? Um, well, there's definitely some challenges in that respect. Um, first, from the perspective of, you know, what will, what will get these men in the lifestyle angry at us and what won't. Mm -hmm. So I'm always careful to not let the girls say anything. I mean, they don't know anything, but just something very innocuous might turn out to cause somebody a problem. So mm -hmm. I'm very careful in watching stuff like that. Um, in terms of not wanting or wanting to turn off the cameras, yeah, specifically with my own family stuff, when my um, ex-brother-in-law, are you familiar with mm -hmm. everything? Yeah. When my ex-brother-in-law um, decided to cooperate with the government and turn in my father, Renee had somewhat of a breakdown, but that kind of experience was very private to us, but Renee's an open book, always was, always will be, and she's, do not turn these cameras off. I want the world to see exactly what that did. <laughs> um, and that was a bleep, in case you didn't know. Um, and <laughs> but uh, she, she doesn't want the cameras off ever. She's like, let's just film it, we can decide later, you know? She's always been like that, her biggest thing, you know, and, and I did get a little bit of backlash, um, not really though, but some people were like, you know, that's your sister, how could you put her out there like that? But she wouldn't let me not put her out there like that. I was like, turn the camera, so she's like, don't you dare, <laughs> you know, and she just, the hard thing is if she can help somebody um, by, by them seeing what she's going through and then change a life, that's what she, she's, she's also born for that. For me, the show really opened up my eyes seeing these women like really being strong and trying to keep their families together. And um, can you just talk a little bit about what you hope people take away from watching the show? Um, I think that single mothers can definitely take away strength um, from these women, whether they're married or not, when their husbands are and and loved ones are in jail they're single and they're 
going through struggle. Some of them lose their homes. Some of them have to pay for not only the kids by themselves, but also pay for their husband in jail. Um, and not just the women on the show, people in this lifestyle. Um, but they live a rough life and they still get up every day. And, you know, whether they chose this path or not, um, it's still a rough one. And they get up every day and they take care of their kids and they make sure that they make their family happy. Um, I think they can take away that, um, you know, people put people look at the mob as, as this... Um, upper echelon rich society of Italian I mean yes the criminal aspect but mm -hmm. they I'm sure everyone assumes that they're all rich and they got all this criminal money laying around buried in the walls and stuff like that but they're just regular people just like anybody else and they go through the same hardships as everybody else is there anything else you want to tell us about the show um tune in <laughs> uh, we, we now changed the Thursdays which I want to make that a point because it used to be on Sunday we're now going to be every Thursday starting December 5th, uh, 10 p.m. on VH1. And we are international in 25 territories uh, in various stages of the season. For instance, uh, Australia is starting season three, but London's only starting season two. So it's, it's different all over the world. Um, and tune in. Great. Thanks so much for talking <laughs> to us. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> for more information on Mob Wives and to see extra footage, visit vh1.com.